Hello everyone, welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast, produced by the Magnolia Healing Center. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. In this podcast, we will be delving into topics related to narcissistic abuse, codependency, childhood wounds, childhood trauma, mental illness, and all things narcissism. The purpose of this podcast is to bring widespread awareness and healing to the global epidemic of narcissism and codependency. It is my hopes that with this podcast, we can collectively create an environment of health and healing for you, the individual, and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about negative core beliefs. So a core belief is a strong, long-term thought form or thought pattern a person has that helps them understand how the world works and who they are. Uh, these thought forms or patterns act as rules for managing relationships and daily life. So in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about what creates a core belief, how our core belief system gets set up. We're going to be talking about the power of our core beliefs. We're going to be discussing the devastating effects of having a negative core belief system. We're going to be talking about the importance of a healthy and life-affirming positive core belief system, especially as it relates to healing. And finally, we're going to talk about how to dismantle a faulty core belief system and shift it into a true healthy and life-affirming one. So let's discuss how our core belief system is set up. So in childhood, we begin to formulate our beliefs based on what we are told, what is normalized, and what we formulate as true based on our own personal conclusions. So in essence, our beliefs are an accumulation of what we come to believe as actual truth and fact, regardless of if it has basis in reality. Now, our beliefs can come from our own thoughts, our own mind, uh, what, what we come up with and what, we, what thoughts we agree to, thoughts that seem to sort of make sense of our reality, give meaning and context to it. Uh, we might uh, adopt the core belief system from messages we are told from, let's say, superiors or parents let's say members of our family of origin, our culture, religion, things like that. Uh, they might have been implied or might maybe suggested based on, let's say, facial expressions, emotionally charged comments, or just overall ambience and environment. Now, these beliefs range anywhere from what is okay to wear, uh, what to think, what to do, what is social ed ed etiquette uh, when it comes to specifically communication, relationships, money, growth, intimacy, how the world works, but really any, quite literally everything has a belief about it. Now, because children are entirely reliant on their superiors and environment to, let's say, dictate what is real and true, many of the conclusions that are drawn up are either false or, or distorted. Now, children do not have the ability, the awareness, the maturity, and the ability to challenge the beliefs of those around them, of the superiors, uh, as well as discern between, let's say, their own mind, what is a false and a true thought, and therefore are extremely suggestible to new information and quite helplessly dependent on uh, others outside of themselves and ultimately they lack the ability to really adjust or change any of the beliefs that are uh, ingested, that are downloaded into their psyche. Now it's largely accepted that our core belief system is cemented somewhere between the ages of five and seven. Uh, and this belief system becomes the, the metaphorical software that is gonna run constantly in the psyche of the individual and is our baseline of what is real and, and what is normal. And ultimately it gives context to everything else in our life. Now by the time, the child who has had their belief system cemented reaches adulthood. These beliefs have been reinforced. They've been chosen again by the individual and ultimately they've been experienced as personal. And by the time they do reach adulthood, a lot of these core belief systems are unconscious. So let's discuss the power of our core belief system. Our core belief system is extremely powerful and for many different reasons and so powerful that they really hold an extreme power over us. 
whether they realize it or not. This is a power that ultimately dictates a lot of why we do and what we do in our lives. Firstly, our core belief system makes up the baseline of what we believe is true, so our paradigms. Now, this baseline becomes the yardstick with which we measure all other thoughts and truths and actions and, and experiences. Now, because we make decisions based on what we believe is true and based on what we feel is true for us and, and based on uh, what is best for us, when we do believe these lies and mistruths in the, in the form of a negative core belief, we're going to make decisions that aren't aligned with our authentic self and ultimately not what is best for us. So these misaligned uh, decisions, again, that are, that are based on misaligned beliefs are going to pull us out of alignment with our true self, our higher self, with the present moment and ultimately going to pull us farther away from peace and happiness. Now, our core belief system is going to affect our perceptions of ourself, others, and the world. So our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs all influence how we're going to perceive things. An example of this is, let's say we have a belief system about being unworthy, right? Beliefs of unworthiness. This is going to cause us to see the world through the lens of shame, guilt, and fear. And this belief system serves as a lens of sorts, which can ultimately paint the views of everything we, we, we do uh, and basically distort the views based on what we think and what we uh, believe is true. So this, this distorted belief system is going to very heavily impact the way we perceive ourselves uh, and the world. Next, because thoughts are energy and beliefs, in essence, are just thoughts that we continuously thought and then reinforced, uh, a negative core belief system can very much impact our state of consciousness, our vibrations, and ultimately our ability to attract later on in life healthy relationships and abundance. So th thoughts and beliefs of fear, guilt, and shame that are all low conscious thought forms uh, things like these are, are going to, uh, based on the law of like attracts like, right? The law of attraction, we're going to attract that into our life. We're going to attract chaos, lack, dis-ease, and uh, dysfunction. Now, we are going to seek what confirms our beliefs. This is known as confirmation bias. So we're going to seek out relationships, situations, careers, all of which that confirm what we believe to be true. So if we believe a lie, uh, such as the belief, like I mentioned, that I am worthless, right? We're going to see this as truth. We're not going to see it as, as, as a lie. It's not negotiable. It's a fact. And then we're going to ultimately attract and be attracted to, let's say, dysfunction, chaos, or narcissistically abusive, or low conscious relationships that ultimately reflect that belief back to us. They confirm the belief. In addition, every single action that we take has some belief behind it that aligns with it. Now, we must believe that the actions we take are something that applies to us, that is best for us, and ultimately that is going to meet our need. So if we trace every action or decision we make back to a belief, we're going to see that the motivating factor, the intention that, that's rooted in it, that, that's behind it. So that being said, our belief system is going to dictate what we do, how we'll do it. Obviously, based on this, we can see how extremely powerful and powerfully motivating these, uh, these are when it comes to uh, us as human beings. And then finally, our core belief system becomes a large portion in the way we either value ourselves, our abilities, our worth. Uh, or devalue them, or and ultimately what opportunities are going to be available to us. Now to explain, when we believe, let's say we are worthy, we'll then go and do things that align with our worthiness. And this is going to open up more and more opportunities that align with the previous actions that we have taken in our favor. These actions, uh, these habits of worthiness eventually are going to create a life that is going to reflect back our feelings and beliefs of inner worthiness. So if we continuously make decisions based on worthiness because our beliefs are about being worthy, then our whole life just becomes uh, decisions and ultimately a, a manifestation of that belief about being worthy. Uh, in addition, our belief about our abilities and our belief in ourself and our skill set is going to term determine how much we work on ourselves, work to refine our craft, 
uh, work to refine our character and ultimately our skill set to become the person who we were meant to be to become successful. Uh, in other words, our belief about our abilities and uh, our belief that we can will uh, create the abundance. So we'll create the habits that align with it. And ultimately, if we don't believe we have that uh, skill set or, or talent or whatever it is, we're not going to we're not going to nurture it because we don't uh, believe in what's possible for us. Now, our beliefs shape our attitudes about something uh, towards whatever it is. And our attitudes about that thing are going to be then how we then view it, how we perceive it. And how we perceive something is going to be how we feel about it. And ultimately, it's going to have a direct impact on our decisions that we make regarding it. So if life in general is just moment by moment decisions and all decisions could be traced back to some core belief or mental thought form, uh, we can see from that that our entire life can be either healthy or sick, uh, could be abundant or lack uh, or fear-based based on the status of our core belief system. In addition, we are going to attract into our lives what we expect. So what we believe is true about life, about relationships, whatever it is, is what we are going to expect. And that's ultimately what we are going to uh, create in our reality, whether we realize it or not. And in general, we create our reality based on what we think about, our emotions, our intentions, our expectations, and our belief systems. So when we have unconscious expectations or beliefs based on what we believe is true, mostly because that was what we have uh, come to expect since childhood, our unconscious belief system attracts that very thing uh, based on them. Now, our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind is so much more powerful than our conscious mind. Uh, it can be argued that 95% of our brain power comes from the unconscious mind. So even if we know, let's say consciously, something to not be true, like let's say we believe intellectually that we are worthy, if our subconscious mind is holding on to a core belief that let's say we're not worthy, uh, it's going to have an all-consuming grip over us and ultimately going to very heavily, without realizing it, influence most of our decisions, if not all of them, and ultimately dictate our reality. And this is why until we do make the unconscious core belief system conscious, and uh, unless we fundamentally challenge and dismantle our negative core beliefs, uh, we'll have very little chance of aligning and, uh, and uh, attracting and ultimately creating abundance for ourselves. So now let's talk about our belief system, how it holds us back in life, how it keeps us stuck, keeps us from growing, uh, really inhibits our ability to heal and reach our full potential. So nothing keeps us stuck in life and nothing holds us back like fear. Fear the emotion of fear, the fear-based thought forms are like a, a metaphorical brick wall between us and where we want to go with our lives, our full potential, our growth. So fear and fear-based thoughts cause us to run from, let's say, opportunity, avoid conflict, and these things are necessary for growth, and it causes us to sort of cling to defense mechanisms and escapism to avoid, avoid discomfort and avoid life itself. So more often than not, when we escape, we are escaping into our thoughts and we sort of escape into our intellectual or thinking mind. And we sort of seek refuge in the mind. And the mind is, on some level, it is a, 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 an effective escape. It does work to uh, help us protect ourselves from uh, vulnerability, from emotions, and, and from pain that we want to avoid, and from the present moment, uh, from our authentic, authentic self, right? Our thoughts and mind, while seemingly a safe place of refuge, uh, end up becoming a psychological prison. The mind is, is a cold, it's calculated, it's emotionless, and ultimately it's a place that uh, keeps us stuck, keeps us frozen and, and disconnected, discontent, and ultimately unhappy. And I like to compare the negative core beliefs uh, to the walls of a prison, right? If the mind is a prison, then, then the negative core beliefs are the, the, ba the bars or the walls of the psychological prison. It's really so surprising how often our minds become a place of refuge, especially after trauma and abuse, but it is 
very common. And this is something that I myself have experienced immensely. And you see so often people who cling to, let's say, a belief system for safety, and then what they do is they fight to protect those beliefs with everything they have. So in these instances, what they're doing is their thoughts and the, their beliefs, their ego mind becomes their primary identity. This is the basis of the, the false self, the defense mechanism of living in someone in your head or just living identified with a, a false sense of self. Now, this is most notably seen, you see this very often with, let's say, religious groups or very dogmatic political groups and they, in essence, are clinging to some narrative or some beliefs or some thoughts because being vulnerable or being emotionally available or being present would, uh, or, or being authentically identified, uh, at, at identifying with one's authentic self would be too, too painful. So this sort of masks any need to be vulnerable. And it's, it's fascinating to watch the things that people do to defend their belief system, uh, sometimes even giving up their life. But it's, it is understandable based on the aforementioned uh, need to identify with certain beliefs to ultimately protect from any emotional vulnerability, intimacy, and authentic expression. So in essence, fear causes us to build these defenses and fear-based thought forms or beliefs for safety, uh, but ultimately it becomes the very walls that keep us stuck in, in, in psychological prison. Now, it's important to point out that the less a person trusts themselves, then the more they need a belief system or others with strong beliefs to, let's say, tell them what to think, what to feel, what to do, Let's, what is right, what is wrong, what is okay, and, and what is not. Another way, another way of saying this is the more a person needs to trust something outside of themselves to tell them what to think or who they are, the more uh, dependent they are and the more ultimately they are uh, not free. And ultimately, the, the less ability they have to choose their own personal beliefs and ultimately create their own reality based on it. So ultimately, the more a person's going to cling to thought forms for safety, the less safe they're going to feel because they are holding on to and therefore dependent on this very prison that is ultimately bonding them in fear. So it's sort of a negative feedback loop. You're holding on to negative, uh, you're holding on to thoughts or beliefs to keep you safe, but by holding on to beliefs, you are now more dependent. Your consciousness is lowered, and ultimately, you are less, you are less safe. Now, the way out of this aforementioned psychological prison and fear-based belief paradigm is present moment awareness. It's really getting out of one's head and getting out of the world of thought and beliefs entirely and entering into the present moment, which is a place of no thought. It's a place of feeling. It's a place of the intuition. It's the, the location is the seat of our authentic soul. So it's the realization that thoughts in general come from the ego and the thoughts are not necessarily who we are. We are not our thought forms. We're not our beliefs. We are not our thoughts. Uh, who we are in essence is the presence behind the thoughts, the observer who sees the thoughts and therefore is not in need of an identity to be someone because its identity exists regardless of if there's a belief system or not. Now, the only reason a person is perturbed by other people with different beliefs or the only reason a person gets very defensive if you challenge their belief system is because they have identified with a certain pattern of thinking and a belief system as who they are. In other words, a person who is entirely ego identified, a person who is fully present identifies with their authentic self, their soul, realizes that beliefs are chosen and can be unchosen based on your level of awareness. And when the, these beliefs are challenged, they're not going to take it personally because they're just ultimately going to appreciate the opportunity to, to grow and, and to, to, they're very open-minded in essence. Now, a person who's identified with their authentic self, with their soul, doesn't live in fear and ultimately doesn't have these defenses of, of, of fear-based thought forms because they realize that everything is one, everything is connected, and there's really nothing to be afraid of. We are uh, intimately connected to a very higher power, 
and that power is unconditional love. And there's no need to, to cling to a belief system or to defend a belief because ultimately our beliefs are transient and they don't give us an identity. They are not who we are. People like this are, are free and they are in the eternal present moment. They fully embody faith and love and it is in this place, there is just no need to cling to any beliefs, any identity for safety. And, and ultimately as a result of not feeling the need to defend or fight, they are fully at peace. So based on the above, we can see that beliefs don't necessarily need to be changed or fought with or denied as much as they simply just need to be seen and not identified with. And this is done through present moment awareness and identifying with the part of ourself as who we are, which is the authentic self, which is the present moment self, which is not, not the ego, not the thoughts and not our beliefs. It's important to understand that every belief that we have and every belief that we associate as our belief has a strong and very personal charge to it, sort of an emotion that fuels it. And this emotion is what makes it feel personal. This is the emotion that makes the belief our belief. So in order to dismantle a negative core belief, we need to sort of get to the root of this charge, this emotion, isolate it, process the negative emotion that fuels it and makes it more personal, take away its personalness, so to speak. Once we do this, we can let go of it as a personal belief, see it for what it is, and ultimately see it if it's a lie, we can see it for that lie that it is and ultimately let it go and then choose a, a healthier one, more life-affirming and more authentically aligned core belief. Now, if you are unsure of what your belief system is, let's say you're not even aware, let's, it's in the unconscious mind, a great way to identify what your core belief system is and what some of your core beliefs are is to be, pay very close attention to your self-talk, especially your inner critic. Your self-talk and the way you talk to yourself, the way you communicate to yourself, uh, or oftentimes the way you communicate towards others or other people is going to reveal some of the messages, some of the values and the beliefs that were downloaded into your psyche long before you had a chance to, let's say, reject it or, or choose it. If you find yourself, let's say, shaming or guilting or beating yourself up or uh, maybe saying something to yourself like, you idiot for making mistakes, or let's say you find yourself saying, you always screw up, right? No one will ever love you. So thought forms like that are revealing to you that there are probably some negative core beliefs regarding your worth, right? What is good, what is bad, and what is valuable. And a great way from this perspective to dismantle core beliefs is to notice this self-talk, to observe it, right? To not identify with it, not fight with it, not run from it, but observe it with compassion, get curious about its origins. And once we can like I said, process and let go of the pain, the, the hurt that fuels that negative thought form. And once we have uh, uh, the ability to let go of its personalness, then we can challenge the beliefs and the lies, seeing them for what they are. We can then let them go. We no longer have to hold on to them to protect ourselves from pain because we've already felt the worst of it. Right? We've already gotten vulnerable and intimate with the deep wound and pain that's sort of using this narrative or belief to protect from feeling the belief, uh, from sorry, from feeling the pain. And ultimately we can let them go and they no longer have to be running in the background of our lives, influencing and dictating every thought, every decision that we make and, and ultimately the way we live our life. Now you may also wanna uh, try this thought stopping exercise, which is something that I personally use, which is immediately noticing the self-talk. We, we pause, we almost say, you can even say the word stop or no more. And you notice that negative stream of consciousness or thoughts, and then you insert compassion and loving thoughts. Uh, and this is sort of how you take control of your narrative. You're not fighting with the negative thought process, but you're, you're sort of interrupting it. And then you're downloading or inserting a healthier program or a more compassionate, loving program. And then eventually that becomes the, the new thought form. Uh, this serves as a way of breaking the negative thoughts and belief patterns in, 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 its, uh, in its tracks, and then in place of it, uh, creating a more loving and authentically aligned self-talk and ultimately core belief system. So to conclude, it can be very difficult to let go 
of a core belief system. You know, when we t attempt to break up with an outdated and false negative core belief system, especially one that we was maybe given to us by our parents or culture or religion that we hold dear, it can feel very, very painful, almost like a death. And when we let go of a core belief system, oftentimes we feel like we're losing the person who gave us that belief system. And in many instances, the person who gave us those belief systems, uh, you know, if they, especially if they have identified with a core belief system as who they are, they can feel very threatened and, and feel like you're rejecting them by rejecting their beliefs or their attitudes. Uh, now, that being said, many of these beliefs only serve us if we're living in fear and survival. And ultimately, they do not serve us when we are trying to raise our consciousness, trying to thrive. So in order to do that, we do have to let go of these belief systems. And when we have the courage to do that, we can then make space for the newer ones and uh, allow ourselves to choose healthier, more abundant, more happy and fulfilling, uh, fulfilling and authentically aligned belief systems, ones, ones that can actually uh, infuse us with, with love and joy and happiness and peace that really allow the journey to our higher self to be, uh, to be way more fulfilling and ultimately ones that actually help us get to where we want to go. So if you are someone who's struggling to move on with their lives, to create abundance in your life, and you don't necessarily have access or are even aware of your core belief system, it's so important to take a look at what you believe is true, because what you believe is true, even if it's unconscious, is still creating your reality and is still attracting things into your life. So if you're attracting chaos, narcissistic partners, we definitely want to take, take a look at our core belief system and see what it is that our belief system is aligning with. So if you are struggling with identifying and working through and breaking down negative core beliefs, shifting into more positive ones, I'd be an honor to work with you to assist you in this process of shifting, paradigm shifting into healthier core beliefs. So if this is a struggle for you to be interested in working with me, feel free to reach out. My email is yitz at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You could reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. Thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.